We're listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 58. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. I'm really excited about our topic today and to have our guest, Catherine O'Brien, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And before we get into our chat today, I'd just like to ask you again, if you could just subscribe to our episode and or rate it, it would help us so much. And if you would like to watch the video version of this episode, just look in the show notes uh, and then you can just click the link to the YouTube that's right there in the show notes. So pretty easy to find if you want to see us chatting in person. And with with that, I would really like to welcome Catherine to the episode, who's also the author of Happy With Baby. She also has an Instagram page called Happy With Baby that I've been looking at. It's super helpful. And so I highly recommend you go check it out. Um, So Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. Well, I'm excited to have you as well. And if you could just start off with telling everyone about yourself, that'd be great. Yeah. So like you said, I'm a marriage and family therapist and I have been for over 20 years. And my specialty is working in maternal mental health and a focus on new and expecting parents, which I've been doing for over 10 years now. And it was after the birth of our child, our oldest, who he'll be 12 or he just turned 12 and our youngest just turned eight. um, That really opened my eyes to how difficult it was to add a baby to the family. I had you know, I'd worked with families and kids over the years. And like, intellectually, I knew it. I mean, and I had experienced it with just, you know, everyone else that I had worked with. But I was so like, I, I'm embarrassed to say like, how naive I was to think like, Oh, my husband, and I have good communication. You know, how hard could this really be to, you know, <laughs> and so I was really unprepared for um, bringing our son home and just the impact that it would have to be, you know, tired and learning, you know, a bunch of new skills and trying to meet the needs of our, our son. And it just, you know, it took, had an effect on our relationship. And so from there, I was like, could I, am I the only one that's having a difficult time? I can't imagine that I am. And I would attend different um, moms groups and stuff and hearing other moms talk about their own struggles. And I was just like, gosh, we're just not prepared enough. I wish we were more prepared. And so I just began keeping some info, you know, ideas of things like if I had known this, or if I had known that together, and was given an opportunity to teach a workshop. And so from there, it's just kind of developed and evolved. And yeah, my passion is working, you know, with new parents so that, that hopefully their struggle isn't as hard as my struggle was in the beginning. Your story kind of reminds me of a meme I just saw recently that said I was a perfect parent until I had children, <laughs> which yes. I'm sure all of us can kind of relate to. Like, yes. It's so easy, theoretically and intellectually, just as you were saying, to have children, but then once you have it, children yeah. of your own, then it's a whole new ball game. So, uh, you know, I'm so excited to talk with you about these two topics, the, you know, self-care after motherhood and also support matters, which I know is a topic that's really near and dear to your heart. Um So tell us what exactly is self-care? Because there's a lot of information out there in social media and also just a lot of information out there on what self-care is. I've seen some things on social media they're talking about, okay, well, taking a shower isn't necessarily self-care, right? Because that's just like a basic need. So 
I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of misinformation or not necessarily misinformation, but a lot of noise out there um, as to what self-care is. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear what you think Mm -hmm. self-care is. Yes. (laughs) So in, so in my book, like I break it down into three categories and the first category basically is about taking care of yourself and like, what are you doing to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and getting your basic needs, everything from basic needs met to um, connection with other people? Like, what is it that you need that like fills your cup up, you know? And so I think it's, I, I hear what people are saying when they're like, oh, a shower is not self-care. But in some ways it is, right? Because I think those basic needs are self-care. We need more, you know, indulgent, <laughs> like other things too. Like some people like to go out and, you know, get their, you know, their nails done or their hair done. Or, you know, some people are like, no, I just want quiet time to like read a good book or, you know, I want to connect with my friends or, you know, go for a long hike or do different things like that. So it's going to look different for everyone of what they need. Um, But we also have to do the little things for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes I talk to moms and we're not even doing the little things. Right. Like taking the shower. Right. Uh, I've talked to, you know, several moms, you know, throughout the years. And they'll say to me, it's like, how does my husband get a shower? And I don't. (laughs) Right. Well, how does he? Because he goes and takes it. Are you, exactly. taking, you know, are you going to take it? Like, right. why are you not doing it? You know, and like feeling like we're waiting for like permission or waiting for someone to, you know, say, go ahead or, hey, I'm going to hold the baby so you can shower. It's like, that's usually not going to happen. And we just have to take it. We just got to go and say like, hey, it's my turn, you know? And, um, yeah, it's interesting that you brought up someone's husband that did that because I have noticed that husbands do tend to be a lot better about that. And I'm not sure if it's just that husbands tend to be more of the default or sorry, moms tend to be more of the default parent yeah. in general. I mean, I know every single relationship is different, but in general, yeah. from what I've seen with other moms that it seems like that the mom is a default parent, right? And so if the mom wants to do something, she more has to ask her spouse Hey, can you watch the kids so I can do this? Whereas the husband just goes and does it, right? But it would be an interesting experiment to see, you know, what happens if moms just sort of go out and do it. But I, I'm with you, um, getting back to the self-care, I'm with you on uh, self-care being just more basic needs. Because at least for me, if I do something just very basic, just such as take a shower, that I'm in a happier mood, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so how, getting right. back to- like if, if we get those, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, getting back to the communication, since you mentioned it, that, you know, that you said that before having a baby, you felt like you had really great communication with your husband. How do you recommend with your clients um, and those who take your workshop to have that communication after having a baby so that you you can get both the self-care that you need and then the, the support that you need? Yeah. So, so like I said, in our book, we break it down into three sections. And that one, that first one is that taking care of yourself. And the second one is like connecting with your partner. So I, we really recommend is like having those like regular check-ins with each other um, daily, you know, maybe a longer check-in on a weekly basis, but just like the things like asking each other, like, how are, you know, how are we each doing? What do we each need? And, um, and if we can do that, I mean, I think that really helps like oftentimes, you know, if the other person's not realizing what the other, what somebody else needs, or they're thinking like, well, I need this and they must need this. And it could, we do, we just have different, we have different needs and different things that are going on. So it's important to have 
those regular talks. And I think like for uh, my husband and I in the beginning, you know, we were doing the chores, we were getting the diapers changed, you know, we were doing that stuff. But we also we weren't really connecting on how each of us was physically like coping or feeling and stuff like that, where we had, you know, had time to do that, like we took for granted before those moments. And I know we would try to like wait to have dinner together at the end of the day, like when we were, you know, like we normally were. And I remember it'd be like 830 or nine o'clock at night, you know, because you're like doing all these things. And then, you know, our son would start crying and one of us would be holding and we're not even having those conversations then that we were really used to doing and doing on a regular basis. So it's like trying to figure out like how to work that in to your life, because I feel like we have to, we have to like schedule it mm-hmm. um, after we have a child or these things don't happen. And then you start to schedule it and then it becomes more of a habit. And then it's like less of a, a thing, but if we're not making it intentional and putting it on, you know, putting it on our radar, like I think it's not going to happen. And the baby fills up so much of everything. And so it's easy for it not to be focused on. So how in a practical sense do you see that that happening? So, and also in your life. So you realize that you're trying to have dinner every single night at the same time Mm -hmm. together so that you could have some moments yourself, but then the baby obviously was, you know, juggling the baby. How did you make that work to be able to put something on the calendar so that you were able to talk with each other? Yeah, we ended up doing where when we got like we would both like be reunited in the day is started like going for walks in the evening, you know, before we got into all the the chores and stuff. So I think it's like figuring out like what in your schedule would be realistic, you know, and for us, it was like, okay, we'd go for walks, the baby was with us, but it was like, still, we were able to talk. Mm -hmm. And then, um, or we would, you know, sit down and he'd be playing and we'd both sit there with him and, and chat for a while. And it doesn't have to, I'm not saying you need to be doing this for an hour every night. Right. I'm saying like take five to 10 minutes. Ideally, like a 15 minute check-in would be great, but giving each other a time to talk is important, you know, and then maybe, you know, when you have more time, like on the weekend or another day during the week, you spend a longer, you know, longer time checking in and just kind of, you know overall, like, how are things going? Are you struggling with anything? You know, what's going well for you? What are you enjoying? What aren't you enjoying? You know, and just having, like, the longer conversations, but having just those little mini ones every day are good. How do you initiate those conversations? Because I know that you you mentioned some questions to ask just right now. But I feel like sometimes it's a little not awkward, but there does seem to be like a barrier to (laughs) bringing up and initiating Mm -hmm. these conversations. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions on lead-in tips? Because I know I've heard that women tend to be the ones that that nurture the relationship more. So I feel like it's more on the women, not always, but it's more the women initiating these conversations. Uh, and then men mm-hmm. in general, like I'm just generalizing here and don't tend to like those kind of conversations. So uh, in, in terms of, yeah. you know, since you said that you've had, you know, thousands of clients that you've guided through this process, what do you usually tell your clients to, on how to bring the, up this conversation? And then also if their husbands don't really like talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's hard. So if they don't, if they have a partner that doesn't want to. So that's where I think it's sometimes helpful. Like if you're doing something else, right? Like going for a walk, because you can be talking about all 
sorts of different things. It doesn't, the focus doesn't have to be like, this is our relationship only time, <laughs> but you can like mix those conversations in there. And, and I think sometimes I, I'll even say this to, to my partner, like, like, I miss you. Like, I want to spend time with you or like, yeah. how are things going? Like, I feel like we haven't had these conversations and, you know, in this last year, we've spent more time with each other than ever. Right. And there's times where I feel like more disconnected because it's not like quality time mm-hmm. together. So I think it's like being honest and saying, hey, like, I feel like I really want to connect better, or like understand like how you're doing, you know, I'm, I'm missing you or hey, can we can we make more of an effort to spend a little time every day with each other, you know, what's and figuring out like what that is for each of you. Uh, and, and I've had I've had clients that say like, because of how their schedules are, it's like they're kind of like two ships passing in the night, which right. makes it hard. Like when, when are you, you're not going out for an evening walk, you know, but it's like then, and ideally I don't, I'm not big on like having good conversations via text or phone or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if it, if you need, you know, if you have no other choice, it's like, Hey, let's on your lunch break or on my lunch break, let, let's do a, like a video chat or at least at the very least, like a phone call and just kind of check in with each other to see, you know, what's going on. And you can have, you know, the emotional piece of it, but then, you know, just even logistical of things that need to happen. And, you know, this is what I'm thinking, you know, we need to plan to do around the house. What, what do you think about that? You know, and, and having those back and forth conversations. So getting back to the self-care, since I know that that's how we started off this yeah. conversation. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, I'm the one that got sidetracked in the communication because I thought, oh, let's dive into that a little bit more. Uh, so getting back to the self-care, you mentioned that that was the first topic in your book is taking care of yourself. What are some things that you mentioned in your book on how to take care of yourself? of yourself, especially, uh, you know, when your children are very young? Well, A, it's like, you know, making sure that your basic needs are met, making sure that you have people that um, are also supporting you, like you're that you're feeling connected. Um, I oftentimes hear like being a new parent is isolating. I think this last year has even been that much more isolating because there's less, you know, support or we're more restricted and all those um, types of issues. So it's making sure that you have like different supports, um, for connection, for knowing like, okay, like I'm not in this by myself. I'm not doing, you know, I'm not, I'm not alone. Um, and then, you know, making sure that you get like those bonus times too. Like one of the things sleep is a big issue, right? Like you get a lot less sleep when you have a new baby and they'll be like, Oh, I just want to like sleep in. And the other person is like, well, I really want to sleep in too. And it's like, okay, well, maybe like, you know, each a day where one of you gets to sleep a little bit longer, even if it's like there's a, you know, you're breastfeeding or something. It's like, okay, you breastfeed the baby. And then my partner takes the baby and I get to lay down. Even if I'm not asleep, I'm resting. Like I get to just lay here a little bit longer while they go off and do something else. And then we alternate, you know, another day so that we're both getting a little extra time where we're getting a little bit more rest, like whatever that looks like. Um, And it does, it shifts and changes. Like in those early days, like rest is so important and, you know, we need sleep because we're not getting it, uh, getting enough of it. And then as we um, 
as they get older and stuff like that, there's other things that we need more of. So it's just constantly like reassessing what that is. Though I think sleep never really goes away. (laughs) I'm like, I could always use more sleep, but. (laughs) Right, exactly. Especially when you try to stay up after your kids go to bed, I feel like yes. a real danger in there. So it's so tempting though, because you want to, you want to do some things or have some time to yourself, but then, right. yeah, there's that trade off. So that's a, a good tip. I like that. So for sleeping in maybe on the weekends, you know, you and your partner can trade off to, to sleep in so that one of you can get a little bit more sleep. I really like that a lot. I know for me personally, just as you mentioned, like the shower is big, showering is big. Mm-hmm eating is big, at least for me personally. I I remember that when my daughter was like a year old or something, I think around like the year, the year old mark that I was just basically catering to everything that she was because, you know, toddlers are really demanding. (laughs) They can be demanding. And I was just doing whatever, whatever she wanted. Basically, she was like the little princess that ruled everything, which is it's fine. But then it was at the expense of me not even making sure that I took the time to eat and sit down and eat. And I noticed that my health was suffering. I just felt super run down. And then I just decided, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. going to sit down and eat every meal, no matter what, because I wasn't even sitting down and eating. And then at first my daughter wasn't really used to that because she was just used to me catering to her every single demand, which is probably not a great idea. So when I was sitting down and eating, she didn't understand like, Hey, why can't you get me water right now? Like, why? Like, okay. At 10 minutes, three times a day, she can, you know, be patient enough to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's even five minutes. You know, if I, I've gotten a yeah. lot faster about eating, but you know, 10 minutes, she's not, nothing's going to happen to her. She can wait 10 minutes. She, you know, I just, mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. already eaten and had her snack or whatever, but I think she's more just used to seeing me like cater to her beck and call that she was just saying, Oh, like mom's sitting down, let's get her up again. Or, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, so shower, right. shower and eating were big for me. And then also just getting dressed in clean clothes. Like they don't have to be fancy clothes, even if they're just like leggings or something. But for me, yes. like clean clothes, is something putting clean ones on. Yes. Cute. <laughs> yes. Clean clothes. Not even, not even if it's super fancy, like even if it's just a t-shirt and leggings, just clean those three things, at least for me, that, that makes me happier. I don't know if you have some things for you that help really say it, you know, make you in a better yeah. mood, but. <laughs> well, I think, I think along those lines of like eating, right. Like all here, like, you know, we're going out of our way to like, you know, make baby food and do all these things. And then we're not, we're having like this scraps or whatever, like oversight <laughs> exactly. while you're making them like make yourself something, you know, like <laughs> yeah. show them because it's like, I think it is important, right? It's important for your daughter to see, Oh, look at mom's eating and taking care of herself. She's not doing everything. You know, like we right. role model, we we're role modeling for them constantly. And so if we're showing them how like, okay, this is how I take care of myself. Mm. This is how we do it it does pay off. Maybe not in that moment as she's like maybe upset because you won't <laughs> yeah. get her the water, but like it does pay off down the road. Like they will see that and they will say, Oh no, I, I always sit down to eat. I don't, you know, stand mm-hmm. here and, you know, cater to everybody else. Why um, you're all eating and I'm, you know, taking care of you. Like I also am part of that. That's so true. And, and it's interesting that you're talking about, uh, you know, the role model and just, taking care of yourself and and being that kind of role model, because I don't know if it's really a millennial mom thing or, you know, I'm not sure what age range your clients are, 
But Mm -hmm. it's interesting that, you know, the millennial mom and everyone in in my age group tend to be the ones who are saying, oh, I'm a mom, like, you know, excusing away things uh, like just getting dressed or taking a shower, those sorts of things. And then I, you know, a few years ago, I saw a photo of my grandmother and she had six kids. I saw a photo Mm. of her and she was super put together with all of her kids who were like dressed really nicely. And she had her hair done. Like it was all, you know, looked really nice. She was wearing such Mm -hmm. a really pretty dress. And then I was looking at more photos of her and she was always like so put together and looked nice. And she had six kids. She didn't have help. So I'm just wondering... Mm-hmm. where is the disconnect? Like she obviously took time to put herself together, right? And she had six kids, no help. Um, why do you think we struggle with it so much more now? And, you know, is it, do you think it's more of a millennial mom thing? And then why are we struggling so much to actually take the time to, to take care of ourselves? Um, I don't know if it's just a millennial mom thing. I think one of the problems is, is we're doing more than ever, right? Mm -hmm. We have working moms and, you know, stay at home moms and stay at home working moms, you know, like all the things and we're (laughs) doing, we're doing everything. And, um, studies show that we even, we spend more time with our kids than they used to. Mm. So even if you're a working mom, you're probably spending more quality time with your child than maybe if you had a mother that was just solely at home potentially, you know, so there's like, yeah, there's studies out there that show that like, we're spending more quality time, like dads are spending more time with their kids too. Um, but you know, moms are also, even though they're working from home. So we're trying to, to work from home, come home and then do all the mom things and take our kids to activities. And they're in gym, you know, from young ages, I have moms that are like, Oh, the music class at like three months old in the swim class. And then there's gymnastics and they can barely walk, but they're doing, you know, like we're doing like all these things. And it's, when would right. you have time to do your hair and makeup? <laughs> and though there are, I feel like there are, there are people that do that, but it's like, and I think it was like an event too, like, right. To have pictures taken back then was like, right. We weren't that's selfing true. all the time sort of thing. We didn't have the, we had to develop that <laughs> film. Point. So you better look good in that picture. <laughs> But I think that's we also true. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we also take on a that's lot That's so true. Mm-hmm. And put a lot of pressure I, on yeah. ourselves. Right? And like, I feel like there is this influence like, oh, well, all these people are doing these, or they seem to have it together. They're doing it. So I, somehow that pressure that I need to do that too comes on. I like that you mentioned the pressure. So uh, talking about that, that pressure, the self-pressure what do you usually say to your clients uh, in terms of how do they evaluate whether or not something that they're doing is something that they really should be doing or if they should take on mm-hmm. more or less? You know, how how should a mom listening evaluate her own life to determine what she's doing is something mm-hmm. that she really should be doing or maybe she should just kind of take that off the table so she does have a little bit more time for herself for you know, self-care, or like taking a shower, those sorts of things. You know, and I've had conversations with many clients about this. It's like, well, my friends were doing this, so I did it. My, you know, it's, and it's a battle. Like every time I take my kid, it's like hard getting them in the car. It's hard getting them in the class. Then they don't want to leave. You know, it's like everything is a struggle. And so like, I'm thinking, is this, ne- is this like necessary? Is this what you find most important? Or 
are you finding more joy when you guys just go for walks and go to the park, you know, which is easier. There's not that time commitment. There's not that. So I think it's like really evaluating, like what, where do we want to focus our time? What feels, what's most important for us as a family? Like, how do we, what, what does that look like for us? Where, you know, so my third question is like, what are you doing in the book is like, what are you doing to make sure you're connecting bonding with your child? Mm-hmm. And that one is, it's the third question because I feel like it's the one we tend to focus on. I think almost to the point where, you know, we do more and take away from our partner or do things like that. But I think it's also like, is the time I'm spending with my child good quality time or is it just a lot of quantity time? And, you know, I'm not happy doing any of these things. They don't seem to be happy. Like, you know, we're running around, we're, you know, going from one activity to the next or, you know, just constantly feel like there's not enough time. And what can I take off the plate? Like what would feel better? What would feel more quality and looking at that and what works for you guys as a family, because it's going to be different than your neighbor or the mom on Instagram or you or me, you know? So, and I think it's like, and it's all, it doesn't matter, right? It's what works for your family. Cause there's not like one right way to do it. And your child has different needs and they're going to need something different. And I think that was probably the best thing about having a second child for me is realizing like, oh my gosh, you're completely different. And I have to totally like change my game and, you know, learn all these new things. But I think it was like good for me to know it's like, okay, it's, it's, a, it's, less, it's less about me as being a parent as like their personalities too, and what they need and how I do things. So I just went to the park this morning with my daughter. So I'm glad that you brought up that because that's something that I realized too, at least during the pandemic, because before the mm-hmm. pandemic happened, I was having my daughter in so many activities, well, kind of like mm-hmm. a ton of activities, but I, you know, I was having her in like mommy and me ballet class and then going to yeah. swim. Cause I mean, I still think swim is really important. So, I mean, I would probably, right, right. One, but I don't know if all at the same time, but then it's the same kind of thing. Like okay, like I'm rushed all the time going in and out the door. Like, I don't really feel like I'm spending quality time with her for all, not, not, not that there's nothing wrong with those activities, you know, but just looking back, I thought maybe looking back, I would have just picked one at a time to do. So if, if swim was important, because I wanted her to be water safe, then I'd probably just do that and just have that be that one activity for a while. And then once she's water safe, then maybe I could go to the mommy and me ballet or maybe cycle through them, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. But I mean, since the pandemic and we've had to, we've been forced to resort to more simple activities, I've realized that it's a lot more, some of them at least are just a lot more enjoyable, like, like going to the park and and those sorts of things. So uh, getting back to uh, the communication with the self-care and the reason why I keep on coming back to this communication, because I do have a lot of, a handful of very new mom friends right now who have, uh, you know, been telling me that that's a really big struggle with the communication and the self-care just so they can do things like shower, those sorts of things. So how do you recommend, let's say you, you need to take a shower, right? And then you and your partner are need to juggle what you need to do in the evening after your partner comes from, from work or you and your partner come home from work. How do you communicate in a tactile way that you need to take a shower and your partner needs to watch the kid. <laughs> um, well, I think often we just need to be direct. So, th- so this is a common scenario. And tell me if, if either you've experienced this or y- one of your friends have told you, uh, maybe 
we'll just, just for simplicity sake, mom's home, dad comes home, partner comes home and you know, she's starting to try to make dinner and the baby's like playing, maybe the baby's crying or fussy or whatever. And dad's like, okay, cool. And you seem to have it handled. You're, you're doing all the things. And so he goes off to do who knows what, like, (laughs) I I laugh all the time because it's like, I've had so many um, clients and their partners and they're like, oh yeah, he's built a shed or he built, you know, um, planters or like rearranged our garage or did all these things. Cause he's like, well, I thought you had, you know, I thought you had it and I didn't want to like interrupt, like you had a system, you had things working. And so I thought if you needed something, you would tell me. And maybe, maybe he even asked like, what do you need? And you're just like, because you're in the throes of it, you don't know. And you're like, I've got it. You know, I got it. And then you're kind of like resentful or frustrated. You're super mom too. Or you, you don't want to seem like you're needy. I feel like that's kind of a, a yeah. lot of moms feel like that, that you don't want to say I need help that I don't know there, there's some sort yeah. of barrier there. Right. Well, you do need help. Like this is like, this isn't, <laughs> yeah. you can't do it all on your own all the time. You know, yeah. like it's not sustainable. It's not realistic. And it's not good for your, your mental health. It's not good for your partner's mental health. If you're frustrated and clearly not going to be good for your child's, you know? So it's like, no, you need help. You, you need a partner, right? We used to have more community support back, you know, in different cultures and stuff like that still do, but we don't like we're Mm -hmm. in it by ourselves a lot of the time, you know, and it's not, it's not good. And, and, you know, moms are really struggling and of course they're struggling because this isn't, this isn't a sustainable thing. So you have to be direct and you need to have to tell them what you need. Um, and maybe it's something that you decide, Hey, like let's, you come home from work or we reunite at the end of the day. Maybe you're both working or whatever. Maybe you're both currently working from home or whatever. We reunite at the end of the day when we're, you know, doing our own thing. And we figure out like, what is it that, how is this evening going to go? Or maybe we come up with a like, hey, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you do something for yourself. And on Mondays and Thursdays, I do. And Fridays, family night or whatever. It it doesn't matter. But it's like, you're having kind of like a little plan of what, how the evening is going to go. Like, I I need to take a shower every time before you leave for work because I know I'll function better during the day. Mm-hmm. Or when you get home, like I'm going to need, you know, 15 minutes to myself because um, it, it's going to be a long day. And maybe you text them on their way and say like, it's been a rough day. Like I'm going to need you. <laughs> I need you to be prepared. You know, like, like I said, I'm not big on text messaging, but little things like that. Like, Hey, I, Definitely. It's been one of those days. I'm going to need you <laughs> to be ready. So if it takes you five minutes extra, cause you need to decompress, ha- so be it, but be ready. Cause it's been a long day. What about outsourcing different things that you need to get done? Because as I'm hearing you say everything, this is everything that my husband and I have been doing, but you know, when you're just juggling the kids and like the basic mm-hmm. necessities of what you need to do, like shower, eat, like very basic, clean, clean, sort of (laughs) the very, very basic Mm -hmm. things. Then, you know, we just find ourselves, okay, well, when are we going to have time to do these other things that are on our to-do list or like these bigger things that are Mm -hmm. on our to-do list, like a a deeper cleaning or, you know, when, when are we going to clean up all the toys? Obviously we're working with our daughter that to try to get her to do that herself. But I mean, she's only because she's still younger. Um, how do you schedule in those other things that, that 
you need to get done. And as you said, you know, we're the busiest that we've ever been um, in our society. Mm -hmm. So is, is a lot of that just unrealistic? Like, are you just supposed to kind of live in a low borderline level, like mess for the first few years of life? Or how does that get done? Like outdoors? <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. Yeah, you could lower your expectation, which for some people are like, I cannot have a dirty house. It has to be yeah. clean, you know? I know so it's many like moms outsourcing. are like that, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, and so I think sometimes like if you can outsource that, or you say, hey, on that Saturday, maybe instead of me sleeping in, I don't need to sleep in. Can you take the baby out for a walk, go to the park or whatever? And I just want to focus on cleaning. Or, hey, during nap time, can we just like each of us like pick two or three chores to do and just like knock those out together at the same mm -hmm. time so that like I'll feel better during the week? I think it's like figuring out like what works for you, what, hey, it's gonna, what works for your family and you as a couple. And, and I think oftentimes if we can do things together, it makes it so much more enjoyable anyways, you know, it's like put on some music and, you know, knock those chores out or whatever. And then you can have a, you know, a fun evening and do some, you know, when the baby does finally go to bed, you can sit and relax or whatever in your clean house as maybe it's still clean. Maybe it's not, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, well, you know, it's, I think it's also, you know, it's like, it's not going to be like this forever. You know, it's like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, nothing's ever quite clean. And maybe today I clean the bathroom and tomorrow I clean the kitchen, but nothing is, it's not all a hundred percent clean all the time. Right. But it's not always going to be like this to where, you it's at a lower level like you know my kids are at the age where now they're helping do chores and I'm not doing all the things and it was magical when you know my son was able to clean out the dishwasher I'm like oh wow this is great <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. okay like I have to ask you several times and that gets annoying but you know it's like there are you know there are things that's not all like on your plate and like mm -hmm. showing them too so um it, it does get like some of those things do get better I think it's deciding like what is the biggest priority? And do we, you know, is it worth it to have somebody come in and clean it for us mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, once a month or every other week or whatever? So, or, you know, temporarily, because right now, like, I know it makes me feel so much better if the house is clean, if nothing else, right? And so this is where we want to put our money in to focus on it, because I know it will help my overall well being. And, and again, maybe not forever, but for right now. I've been telling myself that, that it's just, you know, going to last a few years, just as you were saying, because that's something that helps me kind of justify it a little bit, especially since I have a five month old and then a three year old. Mm -hmm. And my three year old yes. is oftentimes more demanding than my five month old, ironically. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only thing that really gets me through it. And then also it's just interesting that talking to my mom about it, that she said that when my sisters and I were younger, she would stay up until like two in the morning cleaning. And that's why our house was just always super clean because she, you know, she wanted to do like the homemade meals and then she wanted to have the, you know, spick and span clean house and yeah. all those sorts of things. And then it's interesting now that she, you know, now that we're, we've all grown up that just hearing her say how she would do some things differently, you know, that she was, you know, a lot of times when she mm. would stay up late and the house was super clean, then when she didn't get enough rest and she was in not as great of a mood the next day, which basically happens to all of us moms, right? If you don't get enough sleep, it's human nature. Right. All yes. of us are going to be grumpy. Not enough sleep is not good. For yeah. You. Like tell me a single mom who's not yeah. grumpy 
when you, I mean, basically, unless you're a saint, you know, if you're a saint, then yeah. you're okay. You can not sleep and you can not be grumpy. Okay. I'm, I would like to meet that mom who's that way, but I think that most of us would be grumpy. Yeah. But anyway, it's yeah. just interesting hearing her say like, I wouldn't have had as clean of a house, but then again, it's just for a few years. You know, I just keep on telling myself it's just when they're young, right? It's just for the first few years of life. And then you know, you can outsource or just lower your expectations. But I think getting back to what you were saying about having the plan earlier, when you're talking about, uh, you know, talking with your partner on how your evening is going to go, having a plan, those sorts of things, especially just like a few months mm-hmm. having two kids, because before having two kids, we didn't really have to plan as much. Yeah. Planning is really helps a lot. I feel like in terms of, you know, self-care, getting the yeah. support that you need, and then also... I mean, because if you don't plan, then at least from what I've experienced so far, so I'm only speaking for It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, things don't happen. Like, so, you know, one of the other things I'll I'll encourage my clients to do is like once a week, you look at the calendar, right? And you look at all the logistical things like, oh, I've got to go to work early this day, or I have a meeting at this time, there's a doctor's appointment, whatever, you know, do we need to help each other? Do I have it handled? Does he have it handled? You know, uh, do we need to call in support or whatever? But then I also encouraged when you're looking at that calendar is like, you're also looking at like, Hey, is there time for me to do something for myself? Is there mm. time for my partner to do something for themselves? Mm. You know, where's our date? Yeah. <laughs> I'm big on like a weekly date and not saying, this is you getting all dressed up and going out to dinner in a movie or anything. It's like, this is a date where we've got undivided an hour minimum time Mm -hmm. of, you know, we're not on our phones watching a movie or anything, but we're having, we're talking, we're doing something fun. Maybe we're playing a game together or, you know, sitting out on the back porch or whatever it is that you like to do, you know, as a couple, but doing that together And ideally, if you Mm -hmm. can go out that you are able to go out, but like something that we're making time for each other every week to do. And, and you put it on the calendar, because if you don't, it's just, it's so easy for other things to fill in, or we're not prioritizing it. So it's like, oh, then if I wanted a sitter, I never called a sitter. And so then we're not doing anything. And we're laying down with the babies and going to bed ourselves. You know what I mean? So, exactly. Um, yes. It does take planning, just as you were saying. Yeah. Otherwise, if yeah. you don't plan for it, then it'll just unfold spontaneously and it's not going to be very organized or you're not going to get done what you yeah, want. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. Well, and me. I like to tell people, like, if. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I like to tell people, like, if you can pick a time, like, this time every week we do a date, like ideally, like if it's something you could do, you know, whether we are doing it from home, or we are doing it, we're going out. Uh, And when our, you know, when our kids were young, it was like, you know, we'd wait till they went to bed, and they went to bed early, you know, earlier, so then we could like have time together. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, now they're, they're older, and they're like, please go out. (laughs) They've been like, waiting for us to go out for a year. They're like, are you ever gonna go out again? You know, (laughs) please leave the house. we want Nana to watch us or whatever, you know, but, um, (laughs) but you know, like they, they like love it. Like they expect it. Like that's our routine is, you know, Saturday evenings. We've been fortunate that we've been able to do that. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, having like a regular sitter or like a family member, whoever that watches. And then we're just deciding what we're doing. We're not having to like plan everything, but it's like, Oh, if we somehow, even if it's like a monthly thing where it's like once a month, 
you know, you have somebody that watches them and all you have to decide is what you're going to do with your time, I think is important, Mm -hmm. but making sure that you're putting that at your, your list of things, you know, priorities is that, that connection with your partner. Cause that's how we get, you know, we need each other to do this. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I know some things that, that are coming to mind as you're talking, it just, how my husband and I have been doing it recently with, you know, with the pandemic and restrictions and those sorts of things. We're we're in California too. So it's been pretty straight. Okay. Uh, But like double stroller, (laughs) I highly recommend double stroller because when we strap in both kids and then we go on a walk in the evening that even though no one's really watching the kids for us, it just gives us time Mm -hmm. to talk because they're strapped in. They can't go anywhere. Right. (laughs) They're, they're, they're entertaining yeah. themselves because they're in the double stroller and then we can talk, which is so nice. And then it's, it's relaxing too. And we get in some exercise, yes. those sorts of things. Or another thing that we've done recently yes. is when both kids are napping at the same time, which I know is sort of a, a miracle, but we're trying to ha- make that happen more, more often. Right. Uh, You're going to seize that miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That my mom has come over and she's just like, Oh yeah. Like I'll, whenever that happens, just text me. Uh, you know, and I'll come over and then just like for an hour, it's like the easiest babysitting job ever is just someone to sit in your house while both kids are napping. And then you just go like on a power walk, even if it's just a half hour. And then it's, it sounds so silly, but when she has done that for us and we're just stroller free out of the house, it's just so nice, you know, (laughs) to have that little moment to ourselves. Um, but I guess I'm just throwing that out there just as suggestions. Cause I know that a lot of, um, mom friends that I have, like some of them are good about having sitters and those sorts of things, but I know a lot are, are on a tight budget or have limited resources or their family isn't nearby. Yeah. And then they're trying to figure out how to do that. So that's, those are some things that, that, that we've been able to do. So I don't know if you have any other tips, those sorts of things, especially for moms yeah. who are like on, on a limited yeah, budget. No, I think those are, yeah, I think those are great. And, or like, you know, if you're in a place too now where if you have like a friend and you guys can alternate, like, Hey, we'll watch the kids. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Watch You know, like that kind of like perfect co-op babysitting. Yeah. I had a, I had a girlfriend and they had this good situation with that. And there was like, there was four of them and they three night, three, three days a month, they got to go out and then they would watch the kids and it just like worked out so perfect for them. And I mean, I think that's like, you know, another little miracle, but I think there are like other opportunities or like when they are sleeping, it's like, okay, like this doesn't, because they're sleeping doesn't mean I have to be doing chores. This means, true. Hey, let's do something fun together. Like, yeah. you know, let's like, take a class online or, you know, that's one of the benefits I think to the pandemic is there's been so many new different types of classes you could take. Like, yeah. let's learn something new or let's do something fun or, exactly. you know, let's just sit here and not do anything, mm-hmm. but like hang out on the couch together and talk or just like lay here together, whatever, you know? And there is some value in just having leisure time. I know that especially yes. in American society, because I think this is a very American thing because when you go to Europe, I have family members who live in Germany. And so I know it's completely different there, their whole outlook on work and then leisure, like leisure yes. is just as important to a lot, not all Europeans, but a lot of them as work that it's acceptable to actually take a vacation when you're you know working somewhere like your employer doesn't look down on that as as people feel the pressure here to do that but i, yeah. I think that, that trickles over into our day-to-day lives too it's like just as you were saying when the baby naps we think we have to be super productive but i think that's just really our culture american culture mentality telling us mm-hmm. that much. 
And that sometimes we might even be more productive later on if we took that moment to recharge, you know, tying it back into the self-care. If we just take a moment, take time for ourselves during nap time to recharge. Well, I think one of the things you hear all the time is, oh, sleep and when the baby's sleeping. And I can't tell you how many moms (laughs) will tell me, I can't sleep during that time. And I said, and I say, my thing is when the baby's sleeping, you rest. So even if you Mm. can't sleep, that doesn't mean that's the time to do all the things. It means I'm going to sit down. I'm going to lay on the couch. Maybe, maybe I'm laying in my bed. You know, I like to say to avoid like electronic devices because that just kind of stimulates our brain and isn't really restful. But like maybe you read a magazine, maybe you look at a book or something, or you you just lay there, you know, or maybe you go outside if you have it, you know, in your yard or something and just kind of soak in the sun Mm -hmm. and take in nature or something and just just rest out there and drink a cup of tea or do something restful because our bodies need that to recharge and get going. And sometimes even a good rest, even if you're not able to sleep while they're sleeping, just being able to rest can do you so many, so much for your body. And we don't, we don't, you're right. Like we don't value that. And I like to tell people like, especially for, you know, I I have worked with a lot of moms and as a recovering type A personality myself is like, oh, if I have to see all the things that I've done to make me feel like I've accomplished something, but I'm like, just imagine, think about in your little body, all the little cells and stuff that are recharging and redoing it and just visualize what they're doing Mm -hmm. as you're like resting and they're getting time to really work and take care of themselves. So if you have to do that little visualization mm-hmm. like oh no your body inside is doing so much even if you can't see it on the outside mm-hmm. and just giving yourself the grace to to be okay with that and let yes. that go which I know is super yes. difficult to do and, and then in the long run as I'm as I mentioned I, I really truly think that we are more productive when we do rest appropriately one thing that comes to mind oh, is yes you know I, I'm an attorney yes. so I had to take the, the California bar exam And when I was originally studying for the bar exam, I, you know, at first I said, okay, I'm going to take one day off a week. But then as I started getting stressed a few weeks in, because I thought, oh, there's so much material, like I'm never going to be able to make it through Mm -hmm. studying for the bar exam if I take one day off a week. So one week, like a few weeks into studying for it, I didn't take my one day off. And like the very next day, I literally could not think like I sat down to study. I couldn't even think like I had zero focus. I just... Mm-hmm. couldn't think at all. And then it, it was a Monday because I, usually I was taking off every Sunday and then it was a Monday and I was like, you know what? That's it. I've been reading the same thing for the past hour. Like I haven't, haven't even been able to get past the, the sentence. I've been replaying this video over and over again. I'm never going to get... And then I just took off Monday. I'm like, that's it. I'm just taking off this Monday. Yeah. And then for the rest of the bar, the bar exam that I was sitting for, I made sure I took off one day a week and then I, I passed by, like I, you know, you would think that I would need yeah. that extra day to study, but I, it was actually yeah. more productive when I was refreshed and I took that right. break. And I just, I just bring up, I know it's kind of a little random topic to bring up, but I bring that back as an analogy because I, I just go back to that with motherhood too, that I always think about that. Like, okay, in my head, I think I should be doing this because then uh, it's technically more productive because I'm doing this this hour but maybe not, you know, you, you might get more done if you take off that hour and then do more later. Right. No, absolutely. And I can think of it. You gave that example. And I can think of a million similar examples for myself too, where I was like, Oh my gosh, I did so much better. Or just even like when we go on vacation, 
you know, like, I feel like I come back and feel so much more like recharged because we've rested and there's been less, you know, things that I have to do during, you know, during the day. And I get so much more done and work is more enjoyable. And my time with my kids is more enjoyable and with my partner and stuff. So I think there's so much to be said for the value of rest. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so I know that we, uh, you know, at, at the onset, we were going to talk a little bit about support in the postpartum period, but I know what we've mostly mm-hmm. been talking about self-care and communication and self-care also with your spouse, which is really important. Right. Um, I know that we're running out of time, but I would uh, love to talk a little bit about the support in the postpartum period and, uh, you know, how, as you describe in your book, can we get that support that, that we need? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it kind of goes back to like the things that we were saying before is just that support in um, accepting help, right? And asking for help. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges is asking for help. Like you had said, like being like, oh, that we're not super mom and that we can't do it all because you can't. But it's like people offer support. Mm-hmm to us a lot. And I think that's like starting before. And I think we're so quick to be like, Oh, I know I got it. Like even to our own partners, we'll do that. Like, Oh, no, I got it. And so one of my recent, just even personal experiences is uh, my husband has like, you know, our both our kids were distance learning for over a year. You know, I'm working solely from home, seeing clients virtually, my husband, you know, goes into an office occasionally, but also has been working from home and stuff. So it's, it's been a lot. And so every night, like I, you know, try to make dinner and some days are harder than others, depending on, you know, how many clients I saw or running to try to help my kids in between, you know, (laughs) sessions and that sort of thing. And finally I was just like, I can't make dinner every night. You know, I can't, I can't do this. Like, why, why am I trying to do this? Right. And, you know, then I feel guilty if it was like, I didn't do it and we're eating out or something. And so finally it was like, I need you to pick a day and make dinner. And He's like, okay, because that's not his thing. He's like, I mean, neither one of us were great cooks when we got together. You know, yeah. <laughs> I've learned how to adapt. I'm like, right. oh, that's one of the hard things with having kids. It's like having to feed them three times a day. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but now it's like, so he picked it and he's been, you know, he's been doing it. And the first couple weeks, you know, the first time he did it, he didn't make enough food and we're all like starving at the, end. the second time. It was really spicy, but it was like, I'm like, I'm not going to critique. I'm not going to say anything. And it's, yeah. like, and it's gotten better, right? Like it's yeah. like, we have our learning curve. Yeah. I got the support I needed by asking. He's mm-hmm. not judging me saying like, you can't do it. You're, you're not a good mom. You know, the, the kids don't care. Like they don't eat our, my food. They don't eat his food half yeah. the time, but you know, like, uh, you know, so it's like, it's like being able to like ask for support and take in the support and not critiquing necessarily what we're getting, but accepting it Mm -hmm. as it comes and, um, and figuring out where we need it. Is it support we need to have someone come in and clean our home? Is it support we need, you know, calling up my girlfriend because I'm having a hard day and I can't do this and get that reassurance. Like what, what is you know, and I think it's that constant of like, as you check in with each other as partners, but then also for yourself, it's like, how am I doing it? What do I need? Like, what do I need right now? Mm -hmm. I need emotional support. No, I need to like lay down and rest because it's been a long day. And I've had all these new things I'm trying to figure out, you know, or the learning went bad. And, you know, 
figuring out this distance learning stuff and then needing support around that because I don't, this is not my thing, you know, and, and asking questions to people and realizing people are offering to help in different ways and Mm. learning how to take that. And I, and I think that that's probably been one of the biggest things becoming a mom for myself is learning how to take in the support that's being offered because it's such a gift and we can't do, we can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell couples all the time, cause I'm big on like doing it like a postpartum plan mm-hmm. and they'll be like, well, we have each other. And I'm like, your partner is not your <laughs> postpartum plan. Like you both need help. You're both going to need support yeah. in different ways. And like, let's look at the full picture and figure out wh- what that looks like because mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're each other is not enough. That's not, we can't do it like this by ourselves, you know? So in figuring out where it is, but then being willing to take in the support that is being offered. So what do you tell, you know, couples that do come to you with that kind of situation in the postpartum support period do who, who don't necessarily have family around or they have Mm -hmm. a limited budget? What advice you usually give in, in that kind of situation? Yeah. So, I mean, like ideally they do have family support or can afford like a postpartum doula or something like that. But even just finding other ways to take things off their plate, it's like looking at like, how are we going to do, you know, uh, like let's set up our grocery list so that we're not having to like run out and go to the grocery store. Like what are things that we can like simplify Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. to make our lives easier? Um, postpartum, like let's, let's, put some meals in the freezer or, Hey, these people at work are offering something. It's like, okay, like what would be realistic, helpful things that we'll need and that we could spend, you know, that on, you know, people put together like meal planning or (laughs) I had a client that put together this whole spreadsheet one time of all the things that she knew she was going to need help. And then like when people would ask, they would just like put their names in it or whatever. Yeah put a list together of all the things you need to do. And so when somebody does come over and they ask like, Oh, what do you need? Or how can I help you? And you're like, I don't know. And I'm quick (laughs) to say nothing, you know, it's like, Oh, well, this is my list of things I have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're willing to help me with something on there, that'd be awesome. You know? And oftentimes people will will be more than willing to do to help you out. I like that idea of having a list because I remember a lot of people were asking me initially and of course you obviously need a lot of help, but then when people ask you, at least for me, I always felt like I was dumbfounded. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know what, what do I need right now? Um, Yeah. And I think cause you, you're so tired and like (laughs) everything is new. Like you're not, your brain can't really like, fuck you. You know, it's like, it's like this, like, you know, fatigue, it's not able to function and be like, Oh, yeah, this is what I need. So I'm like, just keep like a running list of the things that you either do on a daily basis, or, you know, know that you need. And as it comes into your mind, it's like, write it down or whatever. I like that a lot. And and one thing that I've been doing recently with my husband, too, is the shared notes on your phone. Mm -hmm. So I'll make a note where my husband will make a note. And then I didn't realize that you could do this, but you can share the note with them so that as you both are editing the notes, it edits automatically on the other person's phone, or you can like check mark it off, which is so good. I mean, that's been like a game changer for us because... (laughs) Especially yes. like with grocery lists, right? So you're talking about like getting organized with grocery lists. So we'll just like make a grocery list. And then as mm-hmm. we're thinking about what we need, we're like, okay, oh, 
you know, mm-hmm. more milk, you put milk on the shared notes. And then my husband yeah. doing the grocery shopping. So then when he goes out, he can go in and out really fast. Cause then he has that list and then we know everything. I mean, it's not perfect. Like we miss things. Yeah. It's like, it's helpful. And it's, I don't know. I'm just a really, but it's better. It's better than what it could be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's like, a, I think it's brilliant because it's better than all of a sudden him is like, well, I'll go to the grocery store. What do you need? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what I need. Cause I can't think right at this moment, you exactly. know, that you want to go to the grocery store. Exactly. But like if you have something like that, I think it's so much helpful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we have had some of those moments too, when he'll go like a little bit earlier than we're planning. So he'll be like earlier in the week. He's like, okay, like I'm going to go. What do we need? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even think about anything, <laughs> yes. but. Well, great. I've enjoyed our conversation so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. And I'd love to ask you the last question that we always ask every single guest on our show. And that's in line with our motto that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. And I'd love to hear a personal story of yours of a time that you realized that for yourself. I don't know that I have like a specific like this exact thing or it's kind of specific, but I can't remember what the scenario was. But like, I remember feeling just really, um, you know, whatever had happened, like feeling like I'm not really doing a good job as a mom or feeling like I'm failing, like my kids don't like my dinner every night or whatever it is. And then, um, you know, my youngest like came up to me just kind of out of the blue and was like, mom, you're just the best mom ever. And I love you so much. And just like Aww. gave me like this big hug, just kind of like out of nowhere. And, um, and that happens like randomly, which is like amazing. And, and it always makes me pause and think like, they don't need me <laughs> to be perfect. They, they, I mean, you know, they're not critiquing me. Like I'm critiquing myself or like feeling like I have to do all the things and, you know, you know, have friends that moms put on like these perfect birthday parties. I don't like, I'm always like <laughs> procrastinating or, you know, like my skills are not somebody else's skills and vice versa, but they don't need that. They don't need me to do all the things in all the ways and be perfect. Like they, they love me for me. Then they're probably much better at you know loving me sometimes than I do myself. But it's like, it does make me pause and think it's like, okay, like I need to see myself through their eyes because that's what's most important. I love that so much. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And also for all of your wisdom today, I'm sure everyone listening just is taking in all those tips and going to implement them in their day-to-day lives. So thank you so much, Catherine. I really appreciate it. Thank you again so much for having me. I really enjoyed my time with you. Thank you. Oh, and um, before I forget, where can people find you online? Yeah. So my website is happy with baby and I'm on, you know, uh, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, all at happy with baby. And um, yeah, I would love for you to follow me. And then our book is you can buy on Amazon or anywhere you can buy a book as happy with baby relationship. uh, (laughs) Essential relationship advice when partners become parents. Great. Yeah. See, my postpartum brain almost forgot that. So I'm glad I asked. So, yeah. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> 